gather around your speakers, hoop heads. It's NBA story time. Jamel Johnson here to spin you tales of NBA shenanigans you didn't know you needed to know. Like that time when a little startup league tried anything to be relevant. Or when Ricky Davis earned himself a dumb nickname. I also love you, Ricky Davis. Catch a new tale on NBA Storytime every week, then listen to the post game where I break it down with comedians, ballers, and what have you. Find NBA Storytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24 7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Guys, what's up? want to take a quick second to let you guys know that our podcast is supported by Anchor. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm doing this ad from my phone as we speak. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Evidently, I can't talk. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. Wash Up Walk-Ons fans, we're back for another episode, and we don't do a lot of cool things, but we do a few cool things. We have a few cool friends, and uh, this guy happens to be one of those. He just won the biggest game in all of football in the world. His name is Ben Neiman. He is a chief. Let's have a day. Let's go. Welcome back, Washington Walk-Ons fans, episode 92 of the podcast, and this one is just going to be the XXL head cast, the Super Bowl champion cast, the who can talk more shit to Kluver in an hour cast, the reminisce on the back corner of the locker room and all the great times that we had and how... I used to smoke this dude in races, and now he's running down dudes in the Super Bowl. Um, one of our good buddies, Ben, welcome back to the podcast, this time uh, in a little bit different circumstances. Yes, sir. What's up, boys? Appreciate you guys having me on. Ben, you're, uh, you've done some things recently, huh? I have. It it's been an eventful boy. year. <laughs> been a decent year last time we talked to you officially on the podcast was a wild day at falcon lakes uh golf course in kansas city um i was getting wild on the oh syringe on the course the, man. the beer syringe was out and there was only one way to do it iowa tailgate with us if you haven't go back and listen to that episode i believe it's episode 39 i don't if i had if i had to recall but it's somewhere around there it's called um something like the walk-ons headline a a golf tournament and it was basically an hour of um well the second half hour was a shit show of a bunch of drunk guys talking about uh mike pence and uh, a bunch of other shit that was going down and it was it was a hell of a time but uh i think when we left that that day Someone somewhere was like, yo, Ben, we need you to come back on after you guys win the Super Bowl this year. And guess what? And so here we are. Ben predicted it, though, and now we can talk about how he predicted it because after they lost the AFC championship game last year, I was talking to Ben, and he was sick about it, right? And he's just like, dude, we're winning it all next year, like, period. We're, it's not happening again. And then here we are. Ben won the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, dude. I feel like that was just everybody's mindset within our team. We were so close. We knew we had the pieces, and it was like we got there last year, and you know, it was like we got the pieces to do it. We just got to bring it home, and that's what I told you right after the game. Everybody was sick within the whole organization, and then flipped it this year, got it done, man. So, Dude, so like you played in the Big Ten Championship. You played in the Rose Bowl. We played in some big-ass games in Kinnick. Where, like, how much more does the Super Bowl? Like, how insane? It was sweet. It was crazy for sure. But it sounds wild, but, I mean, you guys know how this is. But we really treated it so much like a normal game. There was so much difference with, like, the TV timeout length. And we were on the field, like, 25 minutes before kickoff just with all the pregame stuff going on. But we treated it so much like a normal game that I feel like that helped us in the long run win the thing. But then, obviously, you know – the stage coming out and the after party, you know, the trophy ceremony, all that stuff was reckless. Can you, can you guys imagine KF uh, coaching in a Super Bowl, being like, all right, guys, I, I, I know that the, this week they're going to have us do a bunch of shit, okay? It's media week, right? But we got to ignore the fucking noise. I know this week is literally all about the noise, all right? But we got to ignore it all, okay? There's going to be a whole lot of Mickey Mouse shit going around, huh? We gotta block that shit out. And if we win the Super Bowl, I guarantee we can go to Disneyland. All right, I think they'll let us in. Mickey's still <laughs> gonna be there. Uh, um, Ben. So Ben, I got a question for you. Yeah, go, Kev. The clock hit zero. The Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl. In did combat, you have to go? Did you have to go see a doctor for your erection lasting longer? Than <laughs> <laughs> man i was hyped i'll tell you that but but there's pandemonium man i i don't even really know where my emotions were at at that point honestly i was i was hyped all right bro so where were you at with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter compared to the clock hit zero like where was the emotional roller coaster yeah i mean i think we were down 10 at that point yeah uh, remember right and i mean we we hadn't been playing great defensively. You know, they had run kind of a lot of, like, just trick dick type of plays on us, reverses, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. And we just had to settle in. And, I mean, I, I was on the bench, and I said – I can't remember who I was talking to. And I said, to be in this spot, what other offense in the whole NFL would you pick to have on your side to bring you back? Nobody, you know, with the pieces we had. So it was like, we got to get a stop and just get a stop, get a, sto- get a score, just one possession at a time. And – Clock hit zero, and it was pandemonium. So Drake said uh, – Drake mentioned how last year you guys lose in the AFC title game, and, and it's just sickness, right? And, mm-hmm. and we've, we've felt that sickness before. We've t- mentioned it. Yes. In the- Compare losing the AFC championship to losing the Big Ten championship. Yeah, I want to hear – was it a similar locker room feel? Was it worse? Was it a better? Like, how did, how did that feel? I know it was your first year – well, no, your second year, uh, your first year. First year, yeah. Yeah, so just talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it was a similar feeling. You guys know how that was. It just in both of those games, you know, we were in a spot to win and then you lose and it feels like all the life gets sucked out of you and your team and everything. And it's, you know, in college, that at that Big Ten Championship, you, we knew we were going to go to a good bowl still and have another game together. At that point, people go their separate ways. Guys are going to different teams, all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it was different for me, though, just because that was my rookie year, my first year, and I wasn't as tight with, I guess, right. the team as I was. That's what I figured. At, at Iowa, you know, being – I had been in the program for a little bit at that point. But, I mean, both of those were gut-wrenchers, man. So Yeah. Um, you talk about you guys know how you, you had the pieces. Everyone knew you had the pieces. You guys got a, You guys got a big old piece named Patrick Mahomes. Who the fuck is that guy? And what potions and people does he have to sacrifice before the game to be able to do what he does on the field? Man, I wish you guys could just see him in practice. Some of like last year when I did scout team, like he no looked me multiple times. Just (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he'll just throw some balls like where he's running out of the pocket off his back foot, like 40 yards across the field to Tyreek, who's just like scramble drilled. I mean, it's, it's unreal. Like, well, speaking speaking of that, pretty pretty big play in the game, third and fifteen, and he finds uh, Tyreek yeah. about about forty yards downfield, just in a in a hole. Um, 
I got to imagine, like you said, you know, what other offense would you want with those two, especially after what you guys did to the, to the Titans. Um, that was the game you guys came back from like, tw- or 21 down Texans, or whatever. We were down 24 and then the Titans, we were down 10. Oh, Texans, yeah. Texans. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The Texan game, I thought it was over, dude. Like, I mean, we were down 24 in the first, I think. That's what I'm saying. The first quarter. It and you guys first- came back not only to win, but you covered smacked them you covered a seven point spread and i think you also covered the 13 point teaser which is absolutely <laughs> insane there are people there are people in vegas who i'm sure like jumped out of buildings because of <laughs> ruined a lot of days there also gave a lot of people fat pockets i'm hoping you guys were some of some of them but well ben man it's funny you mentioned that uh, a couple of weeks ago we had an episode where we're predicting Dude, we're gonna win the super bowl um Three of your, three of your buddies here. Two of them were were not with you, but you know, know you know who was. You were. You're a real one, loyal. You know, you know who's with you, Ben. But you did you love, listen baby. to love. the? Did you listen to the reasoning? I mean, who cares about the reasoning, boys? <laughs> I'm actually going to. I'm going to go back on that, Kev. You're right. I said I was cheering for the 49ers, but if you do remember, I said that I thought the Chiefs would win. I know Drake. Bo and Ike, I think, all definitely picked San Francisco. Oh, I know I was Kevin, was, San Francisco. Kevin was vocal in his support for, for a fellow linebacker. Honestly, Clue, I think it's worse that you, you thought Ben was going to win and you said, <laughs> ah, fuck Ben, I'm going to cheer for the 49ers. <laughs> well, sure, on this episode, but when we bring George on, it's a, it's a, the whole story's flipped. So it's like, I mean, I'll, I, tell, I'll tell George to his face I was cheering for big head, big naming. Yeah, boys. <laughs> okay. So. Did, were you wearing the biggest helmet in Super Bowl history? Man, I'm going to tell you this. Fan fan? I, th- I, think, uh, I think the line of helmet that I wore this year is getting discontinued. Um, oh, no. And it actually makes my head look even bigger just because it's, <laughs> I think it's like the most safe helmet they have in the game. But, yeah, it makes my head look even bigger. So, next year, going to be looking a little slimmer out there, man. Wow. So, looking forward to it. <laughs> Speaking so of heads, I've on an awesome I, bicep workout. Yeah, dude, what you say? Curls, man. I, I was about <laughs> to say. Speak, speaking of heads, I'm looking at Kluwer's head for like the first time in months. I, this is the first time I've seen Kluwer without a hat on since like Airline's October. Pretty far back, huh? <laughs> it's not good, boys. You know what? I'm not even ashamed to show it. It's not good. Oh my god, you're <laughs> bald as shit. <laughs> I got to do the old. Uh, you know, you got to comb it over. You got to hide it a little bit. I actually saw, I spent about 10 minutes on a, uh, one of those like Instagram company hair replacement, not hair replacement, but hair like loss treatment things. Um, Clue, bro, like, let it go. Are you, are you going with Bo's, Bo's Rogaine? Or are you going to go with, uh, it's like two different companies. It was called Keeps and, uh, and I thought, I actually thought about it. I thought in my head, you know what, am I, what kind of guy am I? Am I, am I just going to like finally go with it? Or am I the kind of guy that really goes out and tries to spend money on trying to keep hair on his head? Do I just fucking just roll with what I got and just stay ugly? And I, for now I'm just going to stay ugly, you know, just rock. Right, man, you got a wife. She's, she's locked in. Yeah, no. I yeah. Mean, and, and, and until you make millions of dollars, you know, running this podcast, then you can get hair implants like LeBron. Sure. You could Would adopt you say- the Jewish religion, wear a yarmulke and nobody notices your hairline. Because the because what because their attention's on the yarmulke. Yes. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I'm not balding in the back. Uh, I mean, you will soon enough, anyways. I mean, fair shot. Anyway, um, Ben, we talk a lot of shit about your head on the podcast. I'm just gonna say that uh, <laughs> a lot of unwarranted <laughs> shit, man. It's all right. I know a lot of unwarranted shit. Two two people that and it's funny because you guys are friends. Two people that we talk just so much shit about when it does. The conversation doesn't even pertain to you. Is Gervas. You, yep, Gervas. <laughs> Gervas and the size of your head. Hey, and I can tell you, I lived in that house with that guy too. Very stingy, man. Stingy. Oh, man. Tell some more stories. Tell man. some more stories, man. One time, so, you know, we pay a flat rent right there, right? I don't know what it was. Kev, you live there now. Is it 550, 600? 600. So this, this guy doesn't pay rent, you know? <laughs> Jake doesn't pay rent. His whole deal was, you know, I'm going to take care of the, the Wi-Fi, the internet, and I'll pay for the TV, right? Well, 
he apparently this TV bill is getting a little too high for my guy. So he <laughs> comes downstairs one day and is like, you know what? We're just going to switch everything to Apple TV. I'm not paying for TV anymore. This is too much. And I'm sitting here like, dude, I'm paying 600 bucks for rent and you can't pay for the TV. <laughs> Jay, Jay Shield was living there. Jay was about to move out. He was pissed, dude. <laughs> well, easily. Starberry got a little hot. Yeah, so. oh, that's tremendous. Well, he, the, you know, he still hasn't taken care of the internet situation because Kevin is frozen half the time on this show, and uh, easily told a story last week about how uh, Jake and him recently. Now let let me remind you that Jake made a uh, a a full roster this year at one point. Him and easily split a Jack's pizza. And he wanted he to him Venmo. Yeah, he wanted him to Venmo him for half the Jack's pizza, which is like a the Jack's pizza costs like three fifty. Yeah. Um. So Gervas confirmed is is the biggest asshole when it comes to money on Earth. Oh. Um, man. So, <laughs> what is it like to guard? I mean, obviously you're not one on one with him, but you're on the defense that that has to go against Tyreek Hill every day. Like, what is that? What is that like? I mean, you guys probably go against the scouts more than you go against him, but um, talk about just talk about the, some of the freaks on your team. Like, you, you guys have so many. Yeah, I mean, he's the fastest guy I've ever seen in my life. There's just no, no way around. We're talking that. about him running in the Olympics or something. Yeah, which to be honest, if he football football and track is different different speed, but right. if he if he trains specifically for track, I, I mean, I. I put my money in his basket, man. I, I think he could do it. Yeah, I'm not going to bet against that guy, but I mean, there was times last year where I was more running more scout work, um, and you know they would have me. He would be, you know, at, at the number three spot, running up the down the middle of the field, and I'm a Mike linebacker having to run fucked. three vertical, and this kid is dusting me by about 15 <laughs> yards, and just Pat tosses it right in the basket for for about a 60 yard bomb. <laughs> And and how, and what do you do at that point? Do you just stop after you see three vert, and you're just you just throw your arms up like, coach, that's no. Yeah, before the play starts, when you see him line up at number three, it's like, well, I, I don't even have a chance at this. <laughs> <laughs> like, just take the touchdown already, man. Like, it's not not the matchup you want. That's was tough. it like surreal from blocks drill in spring ball against George to the Super Bowl? Y'all were li- literally playing against each other the same way. Yeah, I mean, he was messing with me out there a little bit. I was doing the same to him, but yeah, it was fun, man. George uh, messing around? Nah. Yeah. Well, what would you expect? But uh, <laughs> him and him and Frank Clark, our DN, were talking a little smack. I saw some mic'd up, uh, little mic'd up videos. Oh, so. George. Yeah, George will chop it up. Um. Did you guys get any interaction with them during the media week? I I think I'm interested a lot in how this Super Bowl week works. Like, talk about how annoying it is or how cool it was. Like, your experience just the whole week going up into the game. Yeah, we got down there about a week beforehand. I think we had three media days, which KF and Iowa oh, wouldn't geez. like that, boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so the media day, it was actually pretty cool, but I just didn't know the main one we had. I didn't know what I was getting into. So it was at, at the Marlins Park, and um, they have this big stage set up on the infield of the baseball stadium, and we come through, like, a dugout tunnel and walk up, and they're uh, around the stage. The whole infield is just covered in people, and I don't know who these people are at the time, and the lights are off, and they're playing music, and got spotlights on the stage, and the, the stands are have just – fans because they opened it up to the public so fans are in there and you know we walk up onto the stage they introduce us we're there for five minutes then they turn all the lights on in this place and we start walking off the other side of the stage and I've never been to the Super Bowl before so I'm like where are we going I'm just following the line and we walk off this stage and all the people that were in the media which is about 300 people on this infield just start swarming you left and right if you're Pat Mahomes if you're a practice squad guy it doesn't matter top to bottom you're getting grabbed in every direction for interviews and I mean it was fun but um kind of overwhelming so what was the dumbest question you got asked oh man nothing nothing too crazy I gotta ask a lot of questions about George um oh for real yeah stuff like you know what teammate would you be there was um one guy was asking questions about who what guy on the team am I going to for the wildest night possible 
Um, there was some, I'm not decent a big question w- though. Yeah. That's a decent, because a lot of those dudes have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. They have a lot of fun with some of those guys. I'm just going to go based off of uh, what you guys' parade looked like. I'm going to just say Travis Kelsey. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a wild man. He's a fun guy <laughs> around. His brother, you saw his brother's speech too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His brother runs in the family, so. It's, uh, you, you got to kind of be careful there because, I mean, you make a little – we talked about it with Jake, and we related it to pizza. Uh, and slices of pizza, but you're making a little decent chunk of change compared to most people in the world. But there's some guys on the team out there that are making some fucking cheddar, my friend. And you can't just like go hang out with them and spend money like they do. Like you ever got, what are you more excited about the Super Bowl ring or the Super Bowl bonus? Well, I can tell you I got the Super Bowl bonus already, and I only got 51% of that check because of taxes. So uh, no. a little bit, man. What was – the bonus was like what, like 120 or 100 and – 124, yeah. So, mm. so 51% of that is about $63,000. You're right, yeah, you're in the ballpark, right? Over yeah, in the ballpark, right? And uh, you, you went and bought yourself a – no, you probably say big head. You probably had to buy a new big helmet or something <laughs> since they're running. I'm, I'm cheap. So no. Yeah. You're that's, that should go right into a retirement account. Honestly. Um, I'm going to buy you some new hair with that money clue. What it should, oh, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> what it Dude, should do. Hey, is- but low key, let's talk after the podcast. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> um, no, you deserve it. Uh, and not only because of just your, you know, Obviously, you're an Iowa guy. You do it right. You got Hitch on the team. He does it right. Um, you know how to play ball. You're not just some guy, though. You're the uh, you're like the best special teams player in the in the universe. And we you are the premier savage back of the NFL. Yeah, how does that that's, feel? That's really high praise too. That's pretty elite. It was. It came out like a couple days ago, like last week, that. Um, only person to be in the top 10 in special teams. I, I think this was PFF, but uh, like two years in a row was like Derek Watt or TJ. Was it Derek Watt? Yeah, Derek from. Uh, and you're the sec. You're the second one. Um, number eight and then number nine, two years in a row. So you're basically, if you take the average, you're probably first or second best special teamer in the NFL. Uh, obviously, that's fucking elite. But talk about like the mindset of um, talk about living my dream. Yes, yeah, talk about go living. ahead and tell me how, how my dream plays out in real life. <laughs> the savage back dream. Uh, I mean, for me, I was undrafted, uh, did had to do, you know, anything I could to make the roster and special teams is a good in, you know what I mean? To find a little niche and create yourself a role. And um, if you're, a linebacker who's not playing every down, you basically got to be able to play special teams in the league just because you only got 53 on 53 guys on the active and not even all those guys are dressing with inactives on game day. So, um, and our special teams coach is a beast, um, would fit right in with the Iowa style of stuff. We do take a lot of pride in it. So, I mean, I'm all in on that. You guys know me. So you're basically, I mean, you, you, you're basically living that walk on mentality in the league. Like you're an NFL walk on basically yeah i mean in a sense undrafted basically you know the walk-on style like all you guys know yeah fuck yeah you ever uh you ever pull a josie drool and search your name after games and try to find motivation or (laughs) uh i had done that a couple times and then after aaron Rodgers threw some tricks oh no no. i stopped doing that real quick (laughs) let's let's talk about that how how was that dude i texted you right after that that's that i gotta i gotta interject my opinion on this right away ben did not do anything wrong aaron Rodgers did some hall of fame wizard bullshit and ben just so happened to be the fucking guy in perfect position wearing the jersey yeah i got you i got a couple death threats after that one that is wow see see that's not okay no that's not fair because fucking dumbledore himself couldn't have like (laughs) magically wanded that ball into a more perfect perfect that's like a play pat would make man really yeah well they're very similar like a A Raj is like the white pat mahomes Oh. I guess Pat Mahomes is like half white anyway, but um, 
yeah, those those two guys. Any other like any other stories from this year where you were just on defense and like something happened and you're just like, what am I supposed to do? Like any guy you've guarded or like any play that's happened that's just like, how do I do this better than I already did it? And like I'm fucked either way. Did you uh, guys have to, you guys have to play uh, the Ravens? Yeah, we played them. I want to say like week three or four, and we beat him. But Lamar definitely took some ankles that game. Okay. Yeah. That's scary. I I would be worried to step on the field with him. Yeah. Um, Yonda was out there too. Uh, one time it was like a third and four, and I'm in the game, and they run the ball. You know, which I was more in there on passing downs, but right. they run the ball, and I just see Yonda coming at me like a missile, <laughs> and I, uh, I uh, step him. Luckily, but I was about to get a face full, man. So. Dude, he's, he's a beast too. How about Yonder pulling the goat move and just going out on top? Just, like, yeah. He didn't win the Super Bowl, but he just went all pro, twelfth year, whatever. He's like, I'm still the best, but I'm I'm gone. Body yeah. probably doesn't feel great, but um, bank account feels good. First yeah. ballot Hall of Famer, man. Absolute first ballot, hundred percent. Uh, ben, what are you doing right now? Like, what? What? Since so, I guess. The Super Bowl was two weeks ago tonight. In the two weeks since then, how's life been for Ben? For Ben, you know, it's been good, man. A uh, couple of days after the Super Bowl, we had the little parade in Kansas City, which was a blast. Not a little parade, big parade, massive parade. Um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, and what? How does that run? They're like, all right, we're gonna run you to the end of the route. You guys get up on top of these buses, and we're just gonna run you down Center Street and just. Yeah, we had a we had a little brunch or breakfast, I guess, at, at the stadium, and then they took us on these coach buses and uh, bust us over to I don't even know where we were at, some kind of like a remote location. There was it was nothing really out there. We hop on these double decker buses um, and then take off, and I don't know the route was was planned out, and there was just people everywhere. Did you um, catch any beers from the crowd? I tried to throw a couple out. Um, I saw. <laughs> I saw one of my, my high school buddy's best friends that he went to college with that I met a couple times, just mutual friends. And I see him, he's front row. I grab a beer real quick, try to throw it to him, sail it about four rows too deep. So, so, so did they have you guys stocked up on the buses with cases? Yeah, they probably – so every position group had their own bus. Wow. And I want to say we had, I don't think, like five or six linebackers on the active roster this year. Well, they had probably – five or six like 30 racks of Bud Light on there wow that's incredible <laughs> like, no way you're gonna drink all that but yeah so we were throwing those out half the time during the route we all just jumped off the bus and we're walking the streets and just interacting with the fans and all that's that. dope so like when you, you sailed that, that Bud Light four rows deep did you like hit some lady in the head or like, honestly I didn't eat, this sounds bad but I didn't even watch the path of the the Bud Light bottle once I saw I sailed it too far <laughs> so I could have knocked somebody out of <laughs> Yeah, well, I just thought it was too far. I was like, well, that thing's Some gone. little five-year-old kid's, like, so excited to see the Chiefs and gets whopped in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin, that's fucking dark. Well, the one that Patty threw, the guy ran yes, in. Yes, that's all I'm about to say. Did you see Pat lead oh, the dude into the parking meter? Sure. Straight boom the parking meter. <laughs> he deserved that, that, too. He deserved that. Um, I, he, no, he deserved the beer, not the face of parking meter. But – uh. <laughs> yeah that that's nuts um <laughs> gosh so so the the party happened or the the parade happened you've just been chilling since like are you hanging out in kansas city now you should go home to see family like uh i came back to iowa city and i'm at my parents house right now but i man i'm took maybe a week and a half off and then i worked out twice this last week with doyle actually which everybody was like why the heck are you in here so fast <laughs> you need to go take a vacation but Hey guys, yep, it's me again. Got to interrupt the episode real quick to talk to you guys about Spotify, uh, one of the sponsors of this podcast. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. Yeah, we're on Spotify. I don't know how we did that, but pretty cool. Um, Other things you can do on Spotify is 
follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline, wherever you are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app, search for Wash Up Walk-Ons on Spotify, or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also make sure to follow us so that you never miss an episode of the Wash Up Walk-Ons. Yeah, you do need to take a vacation to Arizona. We've been talking about it. Seriously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> use some of that Super Bowl bonus. You got plenty. A plane ticket ain't that expensive. The It's that walk-on mentality, dude. He's on that life. Um, I get it. You, uh, gosh, the life of a Super Bowl champion. You coming over for Bash tomorrow? Might have to, man. I haven't watched one episode of that, but. Bruh. It's a it's a it's a weird season, but um, Kev, you watch? Are you up to date? I I, no, I watched like half the episodes, but I'm not gonna lie, it's it's high quality entertainment. It's it, dude, they they produce an incredible show. It's it's so terrible, and you, you know, I love watching it. Oh, it's incredible. This I is a weird season, dude, though. Dude, I absolutely can't do it. Easily easily loves that show. And last year, I was living at Arbery when I came back, and so I got into it with him a little bit and watched maybe half the episodes, but I just can't comprehend half the stuff that happens on there, man. It's, oh, it's, it's, real. it's all fake. It's all set up, but it's because it creates an incredible TV show and they know what the fuck they're doing. That's why it keeps going. Uh, no, it's because schmucks like you watch this shit. Dude, if I stopped watching, all the girls are going to continue to watch. It's not like they're relying on Tyler Kluver to watch The Bachelor to keep this brand going. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I live with three women right now, and they, they treat it like Super Bowl Sunday every fucking Every day. single yep. day. <laughs> yep. So do, Lauren and I do too. I come home on Mondays. and, uh, and we yeah, I come, yeah, I come home on Monday, and there's like four new bottles of wine that were just bought recently. There's like cheeses cut out and everything. They're all ready to go. <laughs> That's incredible. They love to get a little, little bit drunk and watch The Bachelor. Hey, the rats just need judge the man. shit out of everyone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, ben, what was it like with like – I saw the videos on Twitter, your high school – pep rally chanting your name like what is that like that was awesome man uh so my my high school coach he wanted to actually face me in facetime me in on like the video board we had many jumbotrons but we're in the middle but of they a, said that the practice. jump it wasn't big enough right for your head i mean it was i could take it <laughs> but uh yeah so I, it didn't work out for the for the FaceTime. but then yeah they got a little chant going it was pretty cool um sycamore is a small town um like you know muscatine and uh so a lot of support from just the people there and uh, i was back there this weekend actually for one of my buddy's birthdays and the, that community was just great i mean uh, you're a god right like you you probably if you get noticed there or you go to, I was going to say, even back in Iowa City now, like at least for the time being, even guys on the team that we played with like would be respectful. But you're a Super Bowl champion. Like you got to come up and say something about it to you if you're in the complex. You probably, when you went to work out, couldn't, you had to go 30 minutes early so that people could talk to you and you could get to the fucking field to warm up, right? I'm not that special, man. But getting a little bit more uh, recognition than usual, but it's been good, yeah. Um. All right, so that's it. Cool. Awesome podcast. <laughs> See you guys. All right, so Ben doesn't actually had his like own episode. Yeah, we're going to back it up and we're going to do his story or what? We can we can do a little Ben Neiman origin. Yeah. Uh I suppose yeah, and then anything else that comes to Super Bowl um comes to mind with the Super Bowl, you guys can just interject or we'll just uh we'll just let it flow, but Ben uh you're a goddamn Super Bowl champion now, but at one once upon a time you're a sycamore uh sally or whatever you guys were and Martin, uh, baby there you go and uh and you're trying to figure out where you want to go to college and your dad is a coach in college football and you're i believe committed to uh northern yeah. illinois at the time because he's coaching there and uh i i know that all this came out pretty much because everyone was doing stories during that media week and uh and then all of a sudden you go from Northern Illinois Husky to Iowa Hawkeye. How does that all happen? How fast? And, and what are, what's the thought going on in your head? How pissed was your dad that he just lost you and he knows how good you are? And, uh, 
<laughs> that like that can't be a comfortable conversation, dude. Dude, my dad recruited you, right, Drake? Try to get you to go. Yeah, he well, so your dad and I didn't have a good relationship until you and I had a good relationship, and then I was like, okay, you know, all all, all sins are forgiven because I didn't get a scholarship to Northern Illinois, and I thought I was going to. My head coach thought I was going to. Uh, your dad was the bearer of bad news, so obviously when you're uh-huh. 18 years old, like you knew, you knew me during college. Just think about how like just testosterone fueled vindictive I was at like 17 when all I wanted was a scholarship. So yeah, yeah, yeah. then it was like all, all, uh, all sins forgiven. It was all water under the bridge. Yeah. I mean, at least, I mean, we never would have known each other otherwise, boy. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> yeah, we could have never. I, I, got, I got the good end of it at the end of. Uh, we would have never been able to exploit you for content. Exactly. It worked out for the best. But, yeah, that was uh, kind of a crazy, crazy time for me. Um, I was a, a, a receiver. You guys know when I came to Iowa, I was skin and bones. Skinny boy. boy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was committed to Northern as a receiver. Um had Mac offers, but really I, I was kind of didn't send out my tape to a lot of places. Didn't really go camp to camps, do all that stuff. I was just kind of content with playing for my dad, um, playing in my hometown and just kind of going to go with it there. And then um, I don't even know what happened. Somehow Iowa got a, got a hold of my tape and I, I started connecting connected with coach Reed and uh LeVar I think coach Woods and I ended up going to camp there and that was the only camp I went to and uh got offered right after the camp went to a little uh tailgate visit weekend deal that that uh weekend after the camp and George actually hosted me and I was with him and Siege and well, oh, yeah, I really think I rem- I think I remember seeing you there and you saw a young George Kittle in his element and I was I was a little I was I was a good kid in high school, man. Just <laughs> playing Xbox in my basement with my friends. And, and let's let's be clear, George, at, at this time that you're talking about, not this exactly. Is anger. Yeah, not this is, exactly. This is pre-anger talk. Yeah, was yeah, this is pre-anger talk, and I saw a, a, a wild side of college, and I was like, "Dang, is this, is this what it's like?" I mean, if you wanted to be, yeah. So, came to Iowa. Um, Keegan Render, I played. Uh, youth football with we were on the same little peewee team and I knew him and shout out the Indianola Indians yep Indianola the 515 man um but he was committing and um I don't know I just really liked my visit and the whole coach Ferentz thing and you know Big Ten football um just a different level of exposure everything a different level I couldn't turn it away so ended up flipping and then it made it even worse because I flipped my commitment and then Iowa and NIU play in the season opener and NIU beats you guys. I think you guys were all true freshmen then, right? Yep, that Correct. was our first game. Yeah, so then, you know, I'm playing high school football games and I'm going through the line after games and coaches are saying, go to NIU, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Wow. Dude, yeah, so I stuck with it though. I knew I wanted to be at Iowa. And How's um, that conversation go over with your father? It's like, yeah, hey, man, dad. You still haven't uh, answered the dad question yet. Yeah, I mean – my dad's not an emotional dude, and when I told him I was flipping, he got he got emotional, which just – to be honest, I talked to my mom a lot more about it during the process just because, I don't know, I felt like it was a, a hair awkward because – I mean, oh, hey, Don't was, fucking it say. Yeah. It's, it's not a hair. It's a full head of hair, and I don't and have I, one of those, but it was that awkward. <laughs> Firing up myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my mom and my dad both knew what I wanted to do, but it was just – did I want to, it was a matter of me pulling the trigger and I was ultimately, you know, kind of just nervous about how it would go. Of Do you, you, know, do you think the emotion from your dad was probably more based off of his 17, 18 year old son making a, a big time decision for himself and actually taking maybe the better offer off on the table and just like, him watching his son grow up and having to make a hard decision or actually being emotional that he wasn't going to get to coach you. I think it was a mixture of both. I mean, he didn't, he probably saw, he saw less than 10 total of my college games. Um, So it was a lot of like DVR, um, you know, playing back on. Yeah. He lived, he lived that coaching life. Yeah. So um, that was part of it. Sorry, go ahead. No, 
I was just saying that was part of it. But then I think he also was, you know, proud of me for stepping up and having to, you know, really, I guess, make a grown man decision as a, yeah. as a high school kid. That was a really grown man decision because you had to then have the conversation with your dad. Because, like, most kids don't have that looming decommitment. They just have to tell a coach. You have to tell your father, like, hey, right. man, and it, I'm it, out. <laughs> it's really similar to we've had a couple people, I, it, you know, Drake, you kind of had this. Uh, it's similar to like that walk on slash walk on at a big school or, or take the money at a smaller school decision where you have to like tell your parents like, yo, I'm turning down the money. You're going to pay for my college and I'm going to go take a chance. Um, it's similar to that. And which is something I did. I had, um, not an official offer from two schools, but, uh, they said if I came and I was basically their guy, they were, they were going to offer me once I came on the visit and, uh, and I was like, nah, I'm just going to walk on at Iowa. And so that's, that's kind of a tough decision. But even then when your, your dad comes into play, that's an even tougher thing, a thicker thing. Kevin, you were about to ask a really good question. Um, yeah, about- I was just going to say, so like your, your dad was a college coach, you know, what's that like, you know, growing up as a kid and, you know, I know you moved several times, so, you know, maybe just give the people a little insight, like how much of a time commitment these, these coaches give to their program. Cause I mean, we talk about it. I don't think they fully understand. I don't think even we can fully understand it because, you know, our our dads weren't college coaches. So, uh, I think it's got to be tough. Yeah, I mean, I think – so my dad, as you guys know, now is at Iowa with a D-line. But I think this was my parents' either eighth or ninth move. Um, crazy. Yeah, which is absurd. It's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I went to – Man, three or four different schools. Um, I had to move. Sycamore, I ended up getting in there my sophomore year of high school, so I had to move in high school, which isn't easy either. Um, my dad, fortunate for me and my brother, he so he was a D coordinator at Northern Iowa, UNI, and uh, he said there was nights where he would come home and my brother and I were already asleep, and you know he would come in and say goodnight to us, and we would say, are we ever going to get to see you? Like, you're never around, so – he he eventually went and took a D3 head job um, and was got to be around when we were, you know, doing the whole youth sports thing and got to coach us in baseball and have some more time around us. But, man, the hours are crazy. Um, it's it's a different profession, and I love football, but I can, I can, never, I can never coach just because cause the hours are the man. So. Yeah, that's, that's – uh, I mean, Kevin's probably on his way there. He's basically Coach Parker disciple. We already talked about it. Kevin actually uh, in the in the episode before you got to the episode this morning when we recorded with uh, with Travis, um, you we were talking about how we're gonna get Coach Parker on someday, uh, and me and Drake are gonna leave the podcast and we're just gonna let you and Coach Parker talk defensive scheme for as long as you guys can, and we're just gonna release that as an episode. Talk about that for a long, long time, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be good content. Uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted Ben to talk about that because you know, it, it, it is really, truly incredible the amount of time these coaches put in, and it's not just during the season too. They, they got a little bit of dead times during recruiting in the off season too. But you know, they're on the road a whole lot in the off season. They're recruiting kids. Um, yeah, I mean, we talk about Coach Morgan now retired, so you know, thank God he's got time to spend with his wife now and his family, but. Coach Morgan recruited Iowa. You don't fly around Iowa. So he's driving – like, you hear those stories about some of the kids he finds in Iowa. He's driving three, four, five hours across the state to go to these random little schools in the middle of Iowa. It's like he's just never home. Just to talk to a kid for a half hour. Who may not, who may not even come to Iowa. Like, it's, it's wild. Who may be trash. He, he's just going to find out. Right. Yeah. Coach but Morgan I, came to my school. Like, what the fuck is he doing in Marshalltown? There's no reason for him to come to Marshalltown. <laughs> yeah, I would say, to be honest, though, the biggest shout out goes to my mom, because I mean, there was with all these moves, she my dad a lot of times would have to go and leave and take these other jobs and he'll be gone for a month and a half, two months. And my mom's there with me and my brother having to do everything. And he and really? I were wild men growing up. So I can't imagine what <laughs> havoc we were causing for her. But then the house, she's in the middle of packing up the whole house by herself while my dad's you know, hundreds, thousands of miles away on the other side of the country. And it, it's not easy. So big shout out to her for sure. But, okay, not but, hundreds of thousands of miles away. Hundreds, he said, he said hundreds, thousands. Thousands. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm about to say he's not coaching on Mars, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, my dad. You know, he's a hundred thousand miles away. And just... <laughs> it's a long drive home from Jupiter. You know. <laughs> and uh, talk about you just mentioned your brother. Talk about uh, fucking Littlehead Nick Neiman coming onto the team, getting to play with him uh, a little not bit. Not Littlehead Face. His name's yeah, Face. Face. Yeah. Face. I think. Call him Face. It's head and face. <laughs> And, uh, and talk about getting to be a part of a division one program with him. And then, um, maybe- some of us don't even know what it's like to have brothers, uh, much less brothers that also play on your team in college. Right. That would just be you, but <laughs> yeah, that's some of us. <laughs> sure. So yeah. I know what it's like being the little brother. What's it like being the big brother? It's great. Man. It was fun having him here. Um, and he was in our little corner of the locker room, which as Drake knows was, just a great time. Legendary, dude. From 36 to, like, whatever, Boone, 52, that was a legendary corner. Yeah, I mean, the best corner in all of college football. By it far. was such Five. a good corner that Five. I considered switching my number senior year. To just yeah, to you guys in. would just come hang out, even though your locker wasn't over there. Yeah. <laughs> I consider, I was going to try and get 48 from, from Jack, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it was a lot of fun having him, having him around. Um, Man, he had a great bowl game, and um, he's looking good right now. So I'm excited for his senior year. Hopefully he tears it up. But uh, How do you feel about Coach Wallace calling him the faster and more athletic Neiman? Man, I'm so I just got back into workouts. I'm going to have to put that to rest and wax him a couple times, man. Get <laughs> back and show my dominance. But, no, he's he might have me, man. It's close. So he's he's a little bit bigger than me right now, I think, and – he, he broke my 10-yard record, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, he broke my pro agility record, too. I'm fucking pissed. Damn. <laughs> hey, look at this stud. Face is going off, off, huh? Take your job, too, Ben. I, I think I still have the hand clean record, though. I'm not sure. You're going to have to check on that for me, Ben. I'll, I'll let you know Monday. All right. Yeah, you'll see my uh, my name twice on the boards. But um, anyway. <laughs> so, man, I'm such an underachiever. It's crazy. Uh Crazy what a long snapper can do in this world. Um, Beat ben, all you, their long snapper records, crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, well, it's a specialist it's record. So I, I was running against kickers, uh, so you know, um, dusted Marshall Kane's ass in that in the pro agility, so it's not a big deal. Um, ben, you, how how cool would it be if Nick Neiman follows the same path and gets into the NFL and is and and it, I mean. Would you guys take a fight against the Watt brothers uh, or the Bosa brothers if we could get the Neiman brothers also in the NFL? Like, would you take that rough and rowdy two-on-two fight? Or uh, absolutely, yeah, it's we're fun. not we're not turning down from anybody. So. Wow, <laughs> set well, it up. I'll tell, I'll tell you this: if okay. it's the Bosa's versus the Neemans in a in a boxing match or a UFC match, I'm putting all I all I own on the Bosa's. Well, I'll tell you what, hey. Ben. Then I'm going to put all I have on the Neemans because we already saw how it turned out in Kinnick. So as long as we're fighting this one on our turf, uh, I'm going to referee. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll put all my money on the Neemans. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Ben. Ben we, got, we got the heart. We got the heart. Ben, I, I love you, buddy. I was with you in the Super Bowl. But if it's a, it's a Royal Rumble with the Neemans, the Watts, and the Bosa's, the Neemans are, are, are pulling the bronze. <laughs> <laughs> Tough one. I mean, body weight alone, you guys are giving up a lot there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, hey, representing for the Caucasians out there, you know. You got all, all three of those brothers. Um, now, if you went up against John Jones and his brother, uh, that would be a problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm ended up in a body bag like Drake says, man. I'm right. out for it. <laughs> Shout out Body Bags making an appearance in both episodes today also. Body um, Bags made it in the earlier episode? Yeah, with Neiman. Earlier we were talking about Lima screaming Body Bags on the oh, sidelines. Man. He was a he was a maniac. <laughs> all, right. all right, boys. Speaking of Body Bags, Super Bowl fourth quarter. Talk about putting GQ man Jimmy G himself oh. in a fucking body bag. In the yes, Kevin. Ooh. Yes. Man, yeah, it had a little delay blitz, and it just opened up like the Red Sea, and that—that that was the green dog from heaven. Yeah, I felt that was probably the best feeling ahead I've had. Just 
you know, the situation in, it was a good shot. So. And did he smell good? And I didn't get fined, so that, that's big time too. That's huge. Did you just ask if another man smelled good? Yeah, did Jimmy G smell good? Because he looks like he smells good. Clue. I think you got a man crush that you're going to have to take care of. I can't help you with that. <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely going to ask George about it when he comes on. Um, I mean, I, y'all, y'all know Jimmy G is one of the best looking dudes on the planet. That man is elite. It's yeah, Jimmy but your butt's dude. pulsating over him. I mean, I get a little hot and sweaty, man. That's, that's just what it is. Um, how many texts did you get and like re in like tweets and mentions about that hit alone? Yeah. I mean, my phone was blown up after, (laughs) um, I probably had man, 150 to 200 texts, I bet. And then, you know, other social media platforms. I, I tried to respond to, I think eventually I responded to everything, but after the game, I was trying to just enjoy the moment and, you know, Join the after party and all the other stuff. So I was laying off the phone for a little bit. You should have been uh, getting lit like a wick. So, yeah. Do you, you said that you guys treated it just like another game. That's really hard to do. And that's from the top down. Talk about Andy Reid and the, the coaching leadership to be able to control emotions like that in a game and just relay to the rest of the team, like, hey, guys calm your little dicks down and uh and let's just play this like another game it's 60 minutes of football like that's that's what we got you know yeah I think it helped us too because I want to say man a a huge chunk of our coaching staff had had coached in Super Bowls um previously I think we had we have either four or five defensive coaches and I think all but one had coached in a Super Bowl or won one too and then coach Reed had been there um, but just going in before we even got on the flight to go to Miami that week before, I mean, they basically just laid everything out for us and we knew how everything was going to go before it happened and just tried to keep this practice schedule, the meeting schedule, everything the same. And you guys, it kind of had a little bit of a bowl game feel to it just from us yeah. and the practices and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, like our senior year with the the New York trip, everything got cut down. We left later, like, and we tried to make it as normal as possible, but yeah, we tried to just keep it routine like, and uh, I think it helped us. So, what is Andy Reid like as a coach? Like when he steps in the room, like what kind of what kind of guy is he? Because he, there's so much like Barstool puts up so much shit about him just like eating burgers and like I imagine him just like being the most normal guy, like talking about how he just wants to crush a baconator or something like that, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, he's he's a like. I don't know, slightly funny, kind of undercover funny guy, I would say. He just throws some random one-liners out there that are, that are hilarious. The Is guy any, loves Tommy Bahama. Yeah, a little bit. Um, loves Tommy Bahama, loves cheeseburgers, man. Um, <laughs> big cheeseburger guy. Every team meeting. So we'll show the night before a game, we'll show a, a, little, a little highlight video um, and then – leave to go get snack every time and he'll give like a little one to two minute spiel um you know just keys to the game keys to victory whatever and then he'll wrap it up and just give a little all right i'll treat you to a cheeseburger and then we break the <laughs> <laughs> yes i yeah. love it man it makes me miss snacks so much oh so bad dude Man, our snack is pretty good too they got the ice cream um oh. burgers uh we got Little, maybe a little bit bigger variety. They have like burnt ends there because Kansas City's. Oh, a big your boy, your boy Andy <sighs> Reid is a big burnt ends guy. He said he ain't ever met a burnt end he didn't like. Yeah, I mean he, he's the coach. You know they're gonna do snack right. I mean, <laughs> that, he's God, not you're, disappointed. Yeah, the you, night yeah, you don't want you don't want a skinny coach. No, no, no you definitely don't. Um, so it's so the life of Ben Neiman is pretty goddamn good right now. Then, like the last last couple of years have been decent. Yeah, I mean, the last two years, championship game and Super Bowl. So, the, I'm, I've been pretty lucky for sure. You, uh, when are, how much time do you have off now? You're, you said you're back in Iowa City training. What are the, what's the mindset now? What's the goal? What's, how do you reset after a Super Bowl? Like, how hard is it to just say, all right, boys, like, we're going to come back. We're going to do it again. It's so different in the NFL where, like you said, even though you guys had a great year, a lot of the times, and that's why it's hard to create a dynasty, 
in the NFL, you know, you got contracts that are up, you got salary caps that come into play, um, a bunch of business moves going on, a bunch of guys who aren't necessarily playing for the right reasons. Now, usually when you have a Super Bowl, like the, in a team like you guys, you got a lot of guys that have that same mindset working towards the same goal, but it's not just like a college team that can reset and everybody's just there for the love of the game. What is it like? Um, what was, I guess maybe you guys haven't even talked about it, but what do you, you know, what, what's the mindset going into this next season? I think April is when like the, the first team activity stuff happens in the NFL. So yeah, um, April, April 20th, we're back, but really we just kind of had, exit meetings and everybody broke their own way. Um, just so, so much of our roster is going to change with free agency in the draft that it's kind of hard for, you know, coach Reed gave us a, a short little spiel, just, you know, it's hard to repeat. It's hard to win it, even harder to repeat. Everybody's gunning for you. You know, you got to have a good off season, that type of thing, but um, half the team, you know, isn't going to be there. So really when we come back to OTAs, um, you know, more of that will get going. Um, just talks of what we got to do to get where we want to be. But, um, you know, for now, everybody's just working out and going their own ways. I think probably this next month they're going to bring us all back and get together in Kansas City and then fly out and go on that White House visit, which will be elite, hanging out with old Donnie. But, Dude, uh, you should go to the White House. Yeah. so That's pretty crazy, my man. Are you going to – take a step in the Oval Office and try to make a few decisions quick? Or, I mean, Donnie might be able to challenge you. He's got a pretty big head. I mean, <laughs> why, 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 why are you there? Why don't you try to get those taxes a little lower? That you're just yeah. About. Hey, yeah. yeah, hey, man. Embarrassment, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, damn. So, I mean, you guys sitting there pretty jealous of Ben Neiman? Because I am. It was always a dream to win a Super Bowl, to play in a Super Bowl. And we've got a homie that literally did it. So, yeah, I'm pretty jealous. Ben, what a – football doesn't last forever. NFL stands for not for long is the joke. What does Ben Neiman do after football? If if the NFL somehow ran itself into the ground right now and, and you were out of a job, what would Ben Neiman do next? What's your, what was your, what'd you graduate with in college and what's your passion or have you even had time to think about that or you're just eating cheeseburgers with, uh, you're just going to keep winning Super Bowls and you don't have to worry about doing it. Yeah, dude, if you win, like, if you win like four Super Bowls, your pension's going to be sweet. That's That's true. That's what I'm shooting for right now. (laughs) And I don't, I don't know. I, that's plan A and there's never been a plan B. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, that's definitely plan A. I haven't, I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't even answer that to be honest right now I, I would say I want to do something in football whether that's you know coaching high school doing whatever but I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna co- go the route my dad if, if, you're, that, high school, if you're a high school head coach will you hire me as uh, your strength coach <laughs> oh idea. I got my degree in that yeah he's gonna make all your your student athletes do drugs take so steroids. don't do that take steroids no <laughs> my whole no. team be suspended by week one <laughs> <laughs> Drake, if Drake was leading a high school football team as their strength condition coach, they would be dirtier than the Bettendorf team of 2012, and that's just – they just would be. That's just, and they'd get they'd results. They'd be fucking winners, wouldn't they? Yeah, they'd win. Ben's every- leading the squad, and I've got him in the weight room just juiced. Yeah. The only high school team in the country that has nobody that can no, – every, every single person's hang clean is over 315 and just be unreal. Um. Anything else you guys want to touch on with Ben? He's obvious. I mean, he'll probably be back on at some point. Uh, I am. I, I haven't talked to Andy in a while. He'll listen to this and he'll probably email me after this. But um, last I knew, they they kind of were talking about bringing us down there again for the golf outing, and so maybe another chance to uh, to visit Falcon Lakes and and uh, I'm sure the beer syringe would be back out, and I'm sure Bo would be in if he could make it. But um, and I can shoot about thirty over par again, so that would yeah, be good. <laughs> yeah. But it, you'll be the you'll be the feature. Uh, oh, I know. One more question I wanted to ask: What's it like playing with Hitch, and what kind of relationship do you guys have? Because um, you uh, you never got to be with him at Iowa, right? He was gone before you came in. Yeah, I think he was a senior. Your guys' freshman year, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. 
have you guys connected? Are you guys kind of, are you guys boys at all? Or is it more of just like a, any, like another guy from any other team? Um, or is that just, that's just a cool kind of dynamic. Yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the top three guys I'm closest with on the team. Okay. Um, great dude. Um, his wife, Ashley is awesome too. Uh, you know, there's just so many stories you can go back and talk about with Doyle, Iowa, you know, everything we went through, the people we know. Yep. So he's been awesome. He helped me a lot last year, just kind of showing me the ropes, getting into things. Um, and it's just coming from the same program, same culture, all that. It's just a common ground. And he knows what, you know, I went through to get there. And um, a lot of funny stories between the two of us. So, yeah, he was telling me uh, the funniest story he had was, you guys will like this, I'll share it. Um, he He came home one day and he, I think he was living with, maybe like Kirksey, Carl Davis, some guys, and they went to Petco or Petsland or whatever and bought a full-size rat <laughs> and put it in this man's bed. In Hitch's bed? Yeah. <laughs> and he still, he still doesn't know who did it to this day. No one would bite the bullet. And he came home and goes in his bed and sees something moving around and starts tweaking out. <laughs> runs out. What's in there? They end up like – I can't remember if it was BJ Lowry or who, but kills the rat and Hitch didn't sleep didn't sleep at that house. He said for like the next three days because he was <laughs> scarred. But. That sounds so much like something Carl Davis would do. It's, oh, I love that's it. got yeah, that's, that's got Carl's fingerprints all over it. Dude, we got to get Carl on the podcast, dude. Big Carl, we Trenchman. need to get Carl and Jaleel on here together. That would be I think cool. I think we'll be able to get Jaleel for sure. I still talk to Jaleel pretty frequently. All right, we should, we can get Jaleel on. Well, uh, Sugar Bear. Yeah, if you guys don't have anything else for Ben, he's probably got a parade to get to or, you know, some autograph deal to go sign. So, um anything else for the the big head or should we leave it with that that nice little rat story to to finish? Oh man, that's a tremendous. Fun. Oh, I got a quick question. Is does does Hitch know that KF talks about his banana story like at least once every month. Oh yeah, he does, and he hates it, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he probably asked me five times, "Yo, do you think KF still tells that story?" Hundred <laughs> percent. So, the worst part of it, the part of the story Coach Ferentz never tells, is I guess. So Hitch was a freshman when this happened, and he said, "You know, the whole banana thing happened. He doesn't eat breakfast, just a banana." And, he said the worst part is he goes out to practice and pre-practice Doyle rolls him until he throws up. Wow. <laughs> has to practice, but they always leave that part out. So. Of, course. of course they of course. do. Yeah. yeah. The banana came back up. Um, that is a toughie for Hitch, but uh, his bank account also looks pretty fat now. So it's all right. It's all right, everyone. He That's can buy the all the bananas he wants. We'll continue to tell that story because Hitch's story just continues to get better. I was just going to say, it's going to get worse now. Like he's, that's probably the story he opened up with uh, the day after the, the, the Super, after the Bowl, Super so. Bowl for sure. Yeah. yeah. 100%. You know, Hitch, he was fucking eating a banana for breakfast, okay? He's a Super Bowl champion now. So I couldn't – he can eat bananas, all right? And he can eat oranges. If he wants, he can have an apple, all right? I don't give a fuck what he eats for breakfast because he's getting himself a Super Bowl ring, okay? But you guys, 18, 19 years old, you need to be eating some fucking breakfast, all right? <laughs> we'll good, leave it. Dude. That's pretty yeah. good. We'll that leave it. Really good. Go get a sandwich. Solid. <laughs> yeah. Grab it. <laughs> Go get a sandwich. Uh, to finish on this, my brother, I told you guys, my brother just started the semester. He was floored that you could just walk into the weight room and grab as much beef jerky as you wanted. And take <laughs> so that's, that's still my backpacks, man. I still do that now that I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing some <laughs> tuna packs. I, I, I didn't pay for food the entire summer as an intern. Yeah. It's I, did not, I did not buy one What's thing up? of food anywhere. For two months. So, what what kind of money would you fork over now for a, a fridge full of fresh shakes in a can? Uh, so, so okay. dude, I was, shakes, I was just talking about this the other day because a client at the gym that I coach at played baseball at Nebraska, and he's like, he's like, so yeah, we used to have these Gatorade shakes in like a in like a Campbell's chicken noodle soup can. It was just, <laughs> it was just this black label, and they taste like. And before he could say it, I was like chocolate malts and he was like <laughs> yes dude and then they discontinued them and i was like uh 
if you if for any of those listening if you can go find like the the old chocolate gatorade shakes that were in a pop top can like like a metal tin can they are pay like five times face value for them i would probably empty my bank account on it if if i could Dude, um, they just taste so much better out of the can. They were. Oh, wait, that wait. was truly the best protein shake that's ever graced this planet. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's a good way to end it. Ben, thanks for joining us. I'm glad the Super Bowl champion has time for three old friends that are that look super similar uh, on the outside, but uh, accolade-wise just haven't even come close to measuring up. Um, you're a fucking champ, man. And we're – I mean, it's – I'm not going to be gay, but it's cool to be your friend. <laughs> Thanks, brother. But also, if you want me to be gay, we can talk about that after the podcast, after we talk about you paying for my hair replacement. So, okay, yeah, we can work something out, man. Right. Off air. Off air. Right. Sick. Um, <laughs> that's it. Episode 91, 92? I don't know. We're, we're the 100 mark. If you're listening, it's still at this point. Give us some ideas for the 100th episode or like a, a guest that you'd like to have on for the 100th episode that we could potentially go after. Um, because yeah, we got yeah, we got to do something crazy for 100 because this this like end of the world shit. Like if you, let's you get were, Elon like, Musk, like, the first three episodes, you're like this thing's gonna be done by episode eight. Yeah, and somehow we're still kicking. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Um, that's it uh, for Ben Neiman, the Super Bowl champion, the biggest head in the world, Drake Kulik, and Kevin Ward. I'm Tyler Kluver. That was Wash Up Walk-Ons, and the Walk-Ons are out. See you next time. I'm MJ Acosta-Ruiz. And I'm Lindsay Zarniak. And together we'll be hosting the On Her Her Turf Turf podcast. podcast. This summer, On Her Turf is hosting a daily Olympics podcast that focuses exclusively on women's sports and the amazing women competing in Tokyo. We'll bring you interviews with Olympians and in-depth analysis on your favorite teams. Plus, we're going to talk about some of the challenges still facing women's sports today. So join us daily at On Her Turf as we cover all the excitement of the Tokyo Olympics. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and be sure to follow on her turf on Twitter and Instagram too.